0: everybody, this is Dr. Alex Avila with Invincible You. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week we talk about how to live with passion, purpose, and power. How to improve your finances, career, relationships, health, and spirituality. We have a very interesting guest tonight. This is Dr. Shika Square, who has a PhD in business administration. She's an author, a speaker. She's been a feature on Essence and other publications. She helps ambitious entrepreneurs to step into their purpose and become confident, profitable, and successful CEOs. Welcome, Shika, to the show. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you. Now, I'm looking at you, and you got glasses like me. So, I wonder if you were like me. Were you a nerd or shy in school at all? Or were you popular? No. What was it like growing up? I
1: had vision problems. Um, Okay. It was was interesting. So, no, I wasn't a nerd. I was actually very smart. Mm -hmm. But... I didn't, I mean, I used to hang out and do different sports and activities and things oh, like that.
0: I see. said so had friends and all, but you're uh, obviously got a PhD, so you must be academically minded, intellectually minded.
1: I do like learning new things. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: I see. One of the things I noticed about some of your work, you talk about what stops people from getting what they want. Mm-hmm. And you have an example of someone that maybe in a relationship that's comfortable, but then is not really compatible. And then they, they try to get out of it, but they go back to it. Or maybe financial habit and things like that. So how do we break those bad habits, those things that are comfortable, but then, you know, we get caught up in, in the negativity of it or is not helping us? And
1: well, I was actually talking to a client about this this morning. I think one of the first things is to understand that to have change in any area of your life, you will have to experience discomfort. Mm-hmm. and you have to be okay being uncomfortable Um, and so once you accept that I think a lot of things become less difficult Mm -hmm. um, and you get comfortable being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so if it's a relationship you have to be okay with the unknown and I think a lot of times people get scared about the unknown with your finances the same thing step out and be okay with the unknown Mm -hmm. Um, you can plan but there's always going to be things in life that not you, of course. So oh, just be okay with being
0: uncomfortable. I see. I like that phrase. Comfortable being uncomfortable. It's kind of a little bit of a paradox.
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, oftentimes, um, I talk about the self-defeating thoughts that we have. And sometimes we seem like we're comfortable with it because we've had it for so many years. I'm not good yeah. enough. I'm not going to do this. So it's like um, we got to get out of that into uh, mm-hmm. something more, more positive. Now, you mm-hmm. said that you uh, wanted to give up sugar. Was that a hard thing to give up? How did you end up doing that?
1: Now, sugar is a very... Interesting thing to give up. It's not hard to give up. Uh-huh. The thing about sugar though is it's so addictive. Yes. Sugar is so addictive that if you stop it for a while, yes, and then you start it back up, it creeps back in your life like you never left. Okay. So like with sugar, you have to literally just never be um it has such an addictive property that even just tasting it once, you crave it again. And then you crave mm-hmm. it again because it, it, it balances or triggers receptors in the brain. Right. So sugar is a very dangerous thing. I can tell. But I, it wasn't hard giving it up. Yes. Um, I had started eating sugar again mm-hmm. and wanting to give it up again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of, I noticed with sugar, it's a matter of detoxing. Mm-hmm. Like giving yourself time to not right. experience sugar, Right. then you don't crave it anymore.
0: I see. No, I'm a salt guy. I don't like sugar, but I guess I'm into salt. <laughs>
1: mm. It's so, the same same triggers. So you
0: got to mm. give up salt, uh, you know, like uh, chips or whatever. So um, what do you do? You have to go through the discomfort of it for a period of time, and then
1: it's not even. I think it's for me, it's mental mm. and just not having sugar around in the house. Oh, not baking like I like baked goods, oh, okay. like fresh baked goods, which oh, are hardest to come back. Wow, okay. Um, once Once you you indulge, indulge, overindulge in those, then you start to want like Skittles and stuff like that. So with that, I just don't keep it around. Like if something, you know, if something spikes you, you just don't, you don't don't indulge. So I just don't keep it in the house. It's a lot easier to not buy it at the store and stuff like that. But if it's in the house and you're craving something, you're likely to eat it. Yeah.
0: It's like a conditioning uh, association. If you're around it, you associate now, you know, in Louisiana, there are a lot of great foods out there. Is it hard, to, is it hard to keep out of those great, um, spicy or salty foods in Louisiana? I don't
1: necessarily have a problem with salt, I don't think, Um it's more sugar. spices. Oh, okay. I give up sugar not because I feel like it's a problem. Sugar seems to have the biggest impact on my weight.
0: Okay, definitely. We're trying to As work on female, that. As a
1: female. So, okay. it's just I noticed that if I don't eat sugar... My body looks better. Right. My workouts are more effective. My energy level is higher. It sense. just seems to have a bigger impact. Right.
0: Although people always say the word sugar as endearment, like sugar, hey sugar. So people, <laughs> <laughs> there's a positive so. <laughs> Then no one ever say hey salt. They don't. They don't say <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Now, now you also work a lot with entrepreneurs and um, uh, you know being leaders and all that. So what are the secrets? Let's say someone wants to start their business. Now we we look at Shark Tank a lot. I don't know how realistic that is. The people who go on that mm-hmm. show and they pitch something. Some of them get uh, financing for it. And then other people, they don't, right? And they may or may not succeed. So what makes up for a great entrepreneur that can make a big success? What are, what are the tricks? Discipline. Ah.
1: Um, you, so the habits you have when before you become an entrepreneur, when you're balancing your checkbook, when you are working out what you eat, discipline makes for a better entrepreneur. People who are okay being uncomfortable. People who are okay hearing the word No people who have tenacity and concept, like things that make stronger-minded individuals make better entrepreneurs. And some of these things you can be conditioned to have over time. Environmental cues could have forced you into them by having certain things happening in childhood. Um, so there's many different things that mix up this mindset. Mm. But those who have a mindset that's not... Um, disappointed by constant failures and knows and they can be accountable even when no one else is around make for better entrepreneurs.
0: You can almost say like a stubbornness for success or a perseverance.
1: Yeah, a laser focus You have to be unwilling to give up and consider failure failure. Like even if it doesn't work out, it's not failure to you. It's let's let's rework this.
0: Right. They got a little an accent. Is that a southern accent or is that a different accent?
1: It might be the one
0: same exactly. same. okay, that kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in terms of um, you know working from home, now with the pandemic, you know people are, are doing this. Now, is that good or bad? Because I'm thinking, you know, people are we'll call it internal energy. Introvert people they like actually being at home, and that's natural. But extrovert people they may miss the stimulation of socialization and being out there. So, what do you think of that? Is that how do you see this new trend of working I from think, home? Well,
1: for me, as far as interpersonal uh skills and associations i do know some people who suffer greatly emotionally from not having people around yes i wasn't one of those people so i think it depends Mm. um on the individual um on how impacted you were i know that you know you you might have to talk to your friends more but some people just being having a routine where they left the house and um they went to work and, i mean and so a lot of people were impacted and i know talking to a therapist she was saying that um they saw the highest rate of emotional distress during the pandemic mm-hmm. like people were losing it so you know i don't take it lightly yes um, i know being at home with my family every day was a lot oh um, a lot of
0: or a lot challenging being around your family.
1: Very challenging. Uh, okay. And so, um, but so that may have been another reason why I didn't fall apart, too, because there was some stimulation out.
0: That makes sense, yeah. I guess uh, mm-hmm. sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder, they say, like, you want to go to good. work? Yeah, I didn't get a
1: chance <laughs> to miss anyone.
0: <laughs> I know, come back and see your kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that's interesting, the whole idea of, um, and of course, introvert people, you know, I'm in kind of introvert, so I, I don't mind being at home a lot. But I know mm. the extrovert energy people; they really like the socialization. So
1: yeah, but no.
0: For... in our practice and telehealth, tele- telepsychology, it's really booming because a lot of people you know need therapy, as you're saying, right? And they're at home. Mm. Now the other thing you talk about is how to build a long term wealth with simple mindset shifts. Mm. And uh, we know we talk about the abundance uh, mindset, uh, where there's abundance in the universe. We can get, always get more. We can create more love and and success and and money. Uh, versus the so-called poverty or scarcity mentality, where there's not enough, i got to fight for it. I'm going right. to lose what I have. So people have different uh, like looks at the world. So how do you get people to make those little mindset shifts?
1: Um, so I start off with people who have already opened themselves up to the possibility of change. If a person doesn't want to or isn't already making small shifts they usually don't make for the best clients. So I help people see themselves as they are. Yes. Um, you know, doing things like being okay hearing no, being okay saying no, uh, being okay being in a leadership position, being okay having tough conversations, understanding how their childhood, I'm not a therapist, but understanding certain things from the childhood did impact them. And that it also needs to be dealt with however they're going to deal with it in order to be a better leader. Um, Also understanding a lot of people have a fear around money, like having it, spending it, giving it. And so creating a better relationship with money is also very important with wealth creation.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's important to be able to understand the way you think. Now, in psychology, we have what we call personality type theory. I wrote a best-selling book, Love Types, on Myers-Briggs compatibility in in, uh, types. And actually, if you apply that to money, you get some interesting kind of dynamics. For example, the the so-called meaning seekers, people that are intuitive and feeling, uh, have kind of a spiritual, philosophical view of money. Some of them actually think it's unspiritual, so they kind of avoid it. Others use it for humanitarian causes uh, and have minimalistic lifestyles, right? Very simplistic. They don't want to spend a lot of money. Then we have the security seekers, which are the uh, classic, practical, structured people that uh, save you know save the money, but they don't take big risks. You know they're kind of very conservative with it. And then we have the excitement seekers, you know people that just want to have fun with it and spend it and party with it. So what's your advice for either uh, each of those three groups? For example, let's say uh, meaning seekers, for example, what would you say to them?
1: I, I don't actually believe in giving advice of that nature. I think it's more important to understand which you are and your relationship with money and then relate that to what you're trying to accomplish. You can't be extremely frugal and I don't mean like a saver, but like literally extremely frugal and run a very successful business because there is a requirement to spend. Right. Um, so I think it's more important to understand which you are and understand how that relates to your goals. I know people who are big spenders, but then they want to have a luxury, a luxurious lifestyle mm. long term. Mm. Those things, those two things, aren't sustainable. Exactly. Um. So just understanding what you might have to do, sacrifice, or change in order to have the life that you want.
0: Right. Let's say we go even deeper on that. And some people even say that could be what we call money, mental disorders, or psychological stumbling blocks. Let's say we have the money avoiders. You know, money is unspiritual. I don't want to be around yeah. it. So someone comes to you, and what do you say to that person? I don't want to be, you know,
1: around money. Um, I mean, it depends, once again. A person like that normally doesn't come to me because there's a price associated with my sessions. That if they are that type of person, they're unwilling to pay. Right. Um, but if they did ask a question, and I do get people who make comments about how we shouldn't focus on money. Um, I understand. So, once again, I come from a, a very non judgmental standpoint. I understand that that's their right to have that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate because, in order, even if you I think it was Jeff Basil's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Um, once they got the she really wasn't into the money, or she may have been doing it out of spite, but mm-hmm. they made it seem like she wasn't into mm-hmm. the money, and she was giving away billions. Wow. Sure. Um, because she, the whole point for her was never to have a ton of money, and it keeps coming in every time the stock grows, right. her wealth grows. Yeah. But she gives away so much of it because the point was always to help people for her. So, but for her to do that, she had to have some level of wealth. Right. So I would explain to them, even if you feel like money is the root of all evil, which you hear out of context, mm-hmm. are you here? You know, I I think people who are, who chase money or have a love of money are, are bad people. I let people know they make your money and give it away. Okay. But you can't do that. You can't give away or help other people broke. A struggling person is not really very helpful to the rest of society. Exactly, and of course, you know
0: we look at uh, either extreme. Uh, you know, then we have the so-called mon- <laughs> the money worshippers that you know their whole ego is tied to money, and they're not happy if they don't have X amount. And then the money pleasers, people that give to others to kind of win their love, and then they don't really afford it. So what do you, right. do, what do, you do with those kind of folks? How would how would you give them advice? So, once
1: again, I don't get uh, as far as clientele. I don't get a lot of those um, because once again. In order to even want to get a certain level of coaching, you have to be more open-minded. So people that normally come to me are people who may have some erroneous beliefs about money, but want to have different beliefs. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a desire. Right. Um, as far as people who are um, who feel like money buys them happiness, or without money there are a nobody. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a time like that. I have had people who tie
0: their perception in society to how much money they have.
1: Right. Um, and I just let them know that you know, you have to go deeper than that because at any point, your finances can change. Right. So you do have to have a certain type of relationship with money. And sometimes they shift um, and sometimes they don't. So like I said, I don't get a lot of people who have certain beliefs um, where they're so close-minded. I usually get clients who have, they know they have a wrongness, but they're tired of being frustrated, they're tired of suffering, right. and they are ready to shift but don't know how.
0: Interesting. Now, the other mm-hmm. thing, uh, Sheikah, is the idea of saving. And mm-hmm. uh, for some people, a lot of people, it's kind of hard. And uh, there's a theory of evolutionary psychology that, looking back in the primitive times, uh, when you get food, you know, you, you're going to eat it, right? Because there's nowhere to store it, you know, it's going to spoil. So it's like feast or famine. It's almost right. like people got accustomed to this biologically. Even though today, obviously, we have refrigerators and we have technology where you don't have to worry about that. But still, people have a hard time saving. So what do you say to people that need to learn how to save uh, and, and are doing it?
1: Well, feast or famine also came when people were only living so many years. Right. I mean, the the people live a lot longer than they used to and work less. So what I mean by that, people retire and then wanna still keep living. So in order for you to be able to survive past peace or famine, the belief that you enjoy it now, you once again need to understand what you want your lifestyle to look like. And I know in a lot of communities, you have elderly people who live that lifestyle and then now are dependent on their kids Mm. to help take care of them. And I think for those type of people, it's seeing what you want your life to look like even in retirement, even when you're older. And do you just want to suffer and be broke and have to depend on other people or do you want to be comfortable on your own? And in that particular case, you know, saving or investing, I promote investing a lot more, mm-hmm. but having money that is going to grow and vehicles that's going to earn you money later is going to be a lot more important.
0: Mm-hmm. I see. Uh, the other thing is uh, a lot of people look at what we call the uh, mindset, you know, the abundance mindset and things like, you know, being generous to others can open a flow uh, coming back as well. Uh, being optimistic is mm-hmm. also tied into the law of attraction and, you know, and being able to look at opportunities and be open to opportunities Mm -hmm. that can come to you financially and business-wise. The other one is um, kind of having what you call self-love or executive Mm -hmm. thinking time where you Mm -hmm. take time to take care of yourself, your diet, exercise, maybe a nice hot tub, massage. You said that a lot of uh, people get great ideas when they're in their shower. Tell us about about that executive thinking time.
1: Uh, So, I mean, that's a spiritual belief. Um, Some people believe in water. You allow more mm-hmm. flow of ideas and yeah. thinking and healing of certain parts of your body. Right. Um, and it, it may be a free moment. If you even look at it at a basic level, there's very little distractions many times in the showers. This box, that your end, it's closed off, and many times it's just you, and it allows a space for you to be more still and quiet than you may be in front of the computer, your phone, mm-hmm. or TV. Yes. Um, many entrepreneurs will say uh, that I've worked with that they get great ideas i even had a lady who had a waterproof notepad in the shower <laughs> idea. Well, she would write down her ideas as yeah. they came to her because she would forget um, so that's related to executive thinking time mm-hmm. i used to teach a course on executive thinking time because i do believe in order for you to have brilliant ideas mm-hmm. you need to stop You can't be moving in the same thing over and over and then expect to think something different or a solution for that. It's
0: called insanity, according to Einstein. Right. He's doing it over and over again
1: and wanting a a new solution. Exactly. So So you need to to remove yourself. yourself. Um, And I I can't remember. It might have been a book, Good to great. They talked about how most CEOs, and I read a lot, Hmm. Um, but most CEOs, spend time away from the business and like really successful conglomerate CEOs spend time away from the business in order to get their best ideas and ways to uh, maneuver through certain situations inside of the business.
0: That's a good idea. Yeah. If you read my book, Invincible You, I talk about the idea of uh, having to change your frequency, your emotional frequency by because you stepping, <laughs> stepping out of your, your comfort zone or, you know, your everyday pattern.
1: Absolutely. Maybe you take a
0: different way to work, go to a different restaurant, you know, do different Absolutely. things uh, that kind of jolt the creativity. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is um, the idea of a, a so-called mantra or affirmation. Uh, mantra is like a, an instrument of the mind, uh, a sacred message. So people believe in that idea where you repeat these phrases. Tony Robbins, uh, they say, you know, he's worth half a billion dollars that he said. That must work. Uh, yeah, he'll <laughs> say God's wealth. Is circulating in my life, God's wealth flows to me in avalanches of abundance. That's something you actually said. Do you believe in that kind of stuff? In the mantra? What would be a good mantra you think? Or that you would say?
1: Well, something that really took off earlier in business for me with a lot of people was the phrase, I am enough. Ah. Um and right now, one of the ones that's close to my bed is the universe supports me in all of my endeavors. Mm. Um, so I think understanding, once again, what your goals are, but I always tell people what speaks to you the most. Mm. And I think two out of the five books that I've written, I have affirmations. Um, because I do believe in order for you to get rid of all ways of thinking, mindsets, and habits, you need to replace it with something new. And uh, affirmations are a lot easier for you to absorb and repeat than constantly indulging in huge amounts of information. Um, mm-hmm. So pouring something else on top of it that you can grab hold to when things get tough really seems to work for me. That's great. Well, I'd love to
0: read some of your books. Maybe we'll exchange. I'll send you one yeah. of my books one of yours. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing uh, is the idea that being ready to receive and actually accept the abundance. That's a, an interesting concept because uh, they talk about lottery winners that win a lot of money and then they, they blow it yeah. uh, quickly because mm-hmm. it's like they don't deserve or they don't, you think they, they merit it or something. And then the other people who may have a lot of money and then they lose it, they can get it back because they believe, you know, I I deserve. Yeah, the
1: money, right. Yeah.
0: And you said, I am enough. That's a very powerful phrase. So I wonder why people don't think there are enough in life. Do you think it's parental messages? Is it self-esteem? I think it
1: could be a number of things. I mean, some people grew up with nurturing parents and environment. Some people, you know, I think Mm -hmm. it could be so many Mm -hmm. different things. It's usually environment. It could be internal. It could be something that happened on a job. It could be something that happened during your childhood. Mm -hmm. It could be relationships, toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think. There's a bunch of things that we attract and experience mm-hmm. that really distort our understanding of what we're capable of having. Um, and I think that's a lot of the work that people need to do in order to move those beliefs out of the way to have a different type of lifestyle.
0: That's true. Some people, because they're the physical appearance, they don't think they're attractive enough. Some people are feel lonely or shy or apart from others uh, or different. You know, Maybe you have people around you, but you just feel very uh, different or unique uh, mm-hmm. in your personality. So these things can affect you. Now, the other thing you talk about is goal setting. And goal setting is an mm-hmm. interesting idea. In psychology, we talk about goals that are achievable but stimulating. Uh, mm-hmm. And either extreme can be difficult. For example, if you say, uh, I want to be the starting center for the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm five feet tall. Right. It may not be achievable, right? So you might right. say yourself love for frustration. Or you say... I'm going to lie around the house and smoke weed and eat potato chips. That's pretty achievable. I mean, it's easy to get that. Right. But it's not stimulate. So, how do you find the balance between two high or two low goals for people?
1: Um, I, once again, go back to what is it that you want? Um, I, I want to be the starting center she- for the
0: Pelicans. I'm five feet tall
1: if you want to be a starting center for pelicans, I wouldn't tell a person that they couldn't achieve it. I would say, is that realistic for you? What have you done to position yourself for that? Hmm. Um, Are you going to try, like, you need to actually do action steps for that. Um, And then I want to be, it's not necessarily a goal Mm. Um, it is it's something that you're saying that you want, but it's not necessarily a goal. So setting it up, and I talk about that a lot in 21 Day word Revolution, mm. setting it up so that it's believable to your mind, mm. setting it up so it's relatable to an experience that you can achieve, and then understanding why you want it. Mm. If you just I wanna be just starting to say if you've never played football, cool. then mm. you know you I would say you need to start training to see if this is even something you really want to do. Exactly. And what are you willing to sacrifice in order to have it? A lot of times people cancel themselves out, so I would need to tell them that mm. that's not possible.
0: Mm. Yeah. So what do you need to sacrifice? I like that idea. So you have to give up um, limiting beliefs. Maybe you have to give up spending time with certain people. Absolutely. Certain things, right, to, to be There's successful. Something,
1: if you want something different, you can't continue to have what you already have. It needs to have space. Um, and if it doesn't have space, then how are you going to have something new with no space in
0: It kind of reminds me of the idea of how hard you have to work as an entrepreneur. Uh, Musk, uh, Elon Musk was saying, uh, I work, I don't know, 20 hours a day, seven days a week right now. Uh, is that really true? Do, do they work that hard, or, or does it depend on the person?
1: It depends on the entrepreneur, but there are seasons inside of my business where I can work 16 to 18 hours a day. Wow. Okay. And so it really does depend on the entrepreneur. It mm-hmm. depends on the season. You may have a seasonal business. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the CEO of a business tax firm during mm-hmm. tax season. Mm-hmm. We work longer hours. Okay. Um, and I may not work that every day, but like two days a week that I dedicate to that, I may work from the time I get up to the time I go to sleep. If I'm building a new part of my business or launching a new course, um, inside of my business, then what happens is I really like to put out content that I believe in. And I do find that I end up working longer hours than maybe a time when um, we're maintaining certain products and services. Mm-hmm. In the
0: but, but the question is do you love the work? Because they say that if you love it, it's almost like play. And some of these.
1: Sometimes I can up. get um, caught up in some parts of my business because yes. I do enjoy it. Yes to where I have to make myself stop. I think oh. it, it is super important and there's different beliefs on that. Some people believe that you can have the passion later now you need to make the money mm. um, because some, some people's passions cause them to be broke. <laughs> um, you know, and so, but I think passion is helpful. Mm. Um, a lot of people are successful entrepreneurs like extremely successful and it's not that passion. Oh. I think it's helpful because you're more likely to want it to be good Mm-hmm. And want it to
0: work. That makes sense. Well, the classic phrase "do do what you love and the money will follow" is mm-hmm. one uh, idea. But also, you're saying you can also need to sacrifice. That may do things you don't want to do to get mm-hmm. to that uh, that entrepreneurial. I standpoint. know people
1: who do. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, but I guess at the end of the day, if you're content with what you're doing in life, that's what matters, right? If you're making a difference, helping people, contributing.
1: If you're, there's different beliefs on that one too. I think um, at the end of the day. Um, you have to decide what you want your life to look like, and, and what and what that does for you. I mean, I know a guy who works a job, and he doesn't. He's not necessarily passionate about it all love it, but mm. he's very old school and believes that that's mm. pointless. I make a great living. Mm. I'm not, you know, frustrated with the job. I can do it, right. and this is what I do. Hmm,
0: interesting. So you're pretty non-judgmental. Like you said, you let people decide. Yeah, what it's not for really me. Right. You let them be who they are. Well, she mm-hmm. does. Very uh, interesting. You have a lot of fascinating material. Uh, where can people learn more about you? Uh, website, books, coaching. Tell us a little bit about where we can find you.
1: Uh social media, all social media platforms, like all of them. Uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, mm-hmm. LinkedIn, it's uh, Dr. Sheikah Square, D R S H E I K A Square. The website is drsheikahsquare.com. All of the books are on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, my website, and if you're looking to change erroneous beliefs or just go higher, we have a great membership group that a lot of people are joining. That helps them, you know, learn different things and go at their own pace. And that's
0: on my website as well. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Shika, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. And I, I really appreciate you have this intellectual but also practical approach to helping people be financially successful mm-hmm. and also career-wise. Oh, thank uh, you. And if you want to be on the show in the future, I'd love to have you. We can talk about mm-hmm. more interesting ideas. If anyone wants to call in or talk about today's show with Shika, uh, you can reach us at 310-226-8090. You can like us on Facebook at admissible You Official and write to us at Invincible you now at jmail.com. So, Shika, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, again... Help people go out there and be prosperous and successful in many ways. And that could be (laughs) Mm -hmm. a wonderful thing to do. Until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila with Invincible U. That was a very interesting interview with Dr. Shika Square, an intellectual and also practical approach to having success internally and externally and financially and also being an entrepreneur, which is one of the biggest trends in society today. Having your own business, working from home, helping people, creating products and services that make a difference in the world. So if you want to learn more about Invincible U, the kind of things that we do, interviews, you can like us on Facebook at Invincible You Official. You can follow us on Instagram at Invincible You Official. You can follow us on Twitter at Invincible You underscore. You can listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. Call us at 310-226-8090. Write to us at younow at gmo.com. Until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila. Go out this week and live with passion, purpose, and power. Achieve success in your finances, your career, your relationships, your love, and your happiness. This is Dr. Avila.